Welcome to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. I, I probably messed that all up, but yeah, man, celebrate good times. Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. I know it's, it's been a while. Brother's been slack. It's been a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, a lot of good things um, for the most part. So, you know, I can't complain, um, but I'm back. My bad for the hiatus. It's, it's been probably about three weeks now since I dropped the podcast episode. Um, I will say it was kind of slow there, but if you've been following the NFL for the last week, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff is has happened. So uh, today we're going to talk about Antonio Brown. Y'all should have known that. We're going to talk about week one in the NFL and um, any else. Any else? Any other thing that I could think of? Um, once it's once once we get there, because y'all, I really just came home, grabbed my computer and my microphone, and I sat down and I started recording because it's been a while. And um, to my dog Paul, uh, here's your podcast because you fuss at me every Sunday when an episode ain't dropped while you at work. And to my boy EJ, this morning asked me where my podcast been at, and I need to get back on my purpose. Well, I'm here. Like I said, a lot of stuff going on, but but we here. So let's jump right into it. Let's jump on this Antonio Brown situation. So let's rewind back and rewind back and rewind back because this is where all this started. After, I can't remember if it was a playoff game or a regular season game, whatever it was, when Antonio Brown was still on the Steelers, while Mike Tomlin was in the locker room, Antonio Brown went on Facebook Live while the coach was giving his speech. And, of course, you know, with anything these days, stuff goes viral pretty fast. So um, that was probably strike number one to where they was kind of like, well, where's A.B.'s head at if he going on Facebook Live after a game um, that, you know, real professionals don't do that. Cool. Um, then – uh, the whole thing with him and Big Ben Roethlisberger, um, they basically got into a spat to where it was like the whole team was was it was friction, like a lot of friction between them. He still put up his numbers. He still got like a hundred and something receptions, fourteen hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards, whatever it was, double digit touchdowns. Um, in my opinion, in that situation, Antonio Brown wasn't the problem. That was more Big Ben, but Big Ben's the quarterback. Um, so, of course, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt versus Antonio Brown, who, you know, is a headache. It's just no way around that. He's a whole headache. Um, then fast forward to this offseason, Antonio Brown is traded to the Oakland Raiders, and everything seemed good in the hood. He seemed like he was happy, all of that. Then sometime, and I, I want to say, I don't know if this was in July, or it might have been late July, early August. It, it all happened pretty fast. Antonio Brown is fighting with the NFL about a helmet. You know, he had the same helmet from, I believe he said, since middle school all the way up until till the until till this year. He's been wearing it, and he was fussing because the NFL said that the helmet is no longer safe. Um, it's not, it doesn't meet the safety protocols set forth by the NFL, so he can't wear it. And at first, I got it because if you're an athlete, you know, it's certain stuff you get attached to. You might get attached to your favorite undershirt, or you might get attached to your favorite headband, or whatever the case may be. Um, I tried my hardest to never change helmets because um, I definitely had the same helmet from 9th, 10th, 11th. And in 12th grade, I finally had to change, which was a struggle because I hated that helmet, but whatever. Um, so I got it. But, you know, of course, as news breaks, um, come to find out, Antonio Brown knew that his helmet was going to be outlawed. So the NFL sent the memo out in 2018 that, you know, certain helmets were not going to be allowed anymore. And one of his, Antonio Brown's helmet was one of them. So he had a year to kind of figure this out. And I guess he just figured he was above the law. So he wasn't at practice with the Raiders, and he was making a whole big fuss about it. And, of course, the Raiders were with them. Like, yeah, you're not – you know, we we behind them. We understand it. And a lot of the athletes were – and then when that information came out, a lot of the athletes were like, uh, uh, kind of on the fence. 
Then um, he finds another helmet. They tell him, no, you can't wear that helmet either. So he's still mad. He's still missing practice. This, that, and the third. Then when he finally finds a helmet that works for him and he comes to practice and all of that, he then gets fined by his GM, Mike Mayock. Now, fines in the NFL are regular. If you miss time, you know, depending on who you are and depending on the organization, you're going to get fined. And if anybody's watched Mike Mayock on NFL Network before he became the GM, he doesn't play that. He doesn't play games. He says what he got to say. He keeps moving. And he's not, you know, bashful. You know, if you suck, you suck. Or if he he thinks you're not a good fit with a team after the draft, he's going to say something about it. That's just him. So... He finds Antonio Brown, and those kind of documents that are sent, like they get the notice that they've been fined a certain amount of money for whatever the case may be, those are those letters are supposed to be confidential. They're not for the public. What does Antonio Brown do? He shares it on Instagram that, you know, he's been fined by the league, and of course he's upset, or fined by the Raiders. Of course he's upset. Then he goes to practice the next day, and he gets into it with Mike Mayock. Like they have a whole shouting match. And he's cussing at Mike Mayock, this, that, and the third. And no blows happen or anything, but um, he basically fussed Mike out and then said, find me for this. And he punted the ball, and I guess he walked off the practice field. So then the next – so that same day, and like I, I tell you all in some of these previous podcasts, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is the guy for the NBA. Adam Schefter is the guy for the NFL. If, if Shefty tweeted it, I believe it. I don't care what he said. He could have tweeted that Tom Brady was going to play till he's 60. If Shefty tweeted it, I believe it. That's just how good he is at his job. So after the whole posting of the fine thing and Antonio Brown going off on Instagram and blah, 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 um, the consensus around the NFL was that the Raiders may suspend Antonio Brown and void his contract and basically take away his guaranteed money, which was $30 million. And um, for those who don't know, when he signed with the Steelers, I believe he signed for whatever the contract was, and he got $27 million guaranteed. When he got traded to the Raiders, he was able to rework the contract and get $3 million more guaranteed money. So he got more money guaranteed. And the thinking was because in those contracts, based on regular contract language, you know, if you do stuff detrimental to the team, they can't suspend you. And if you get suspended, your your guaranteed money can be voided. Now, you don't see that that often in NFL because most people just come to work and do what they got to do. But I guess the Raiders were just at, you know, at their throat, at their neck with it, like, bro, I'm over it. So once that report comes out that they may possibly get ready to void his guaranteed money, Antonio Brown comes to practice the next day, and this was on a Friday. He comes to practice. He gives a heartfelt apology to the team, this, that, and the third. You know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I want to be here. All of that, all good and well. Later on that night, he drops a video with him saying, you know, ain't no more games with a a phone conversation between him and John Gruden, who's the head coach of the Raiders. Okay, cool. And my first thinking was, bruh, did you just drop – a recorded conversation between you and your coach. Like, bro, what lines are you crossing now? But then come to find out John Gruden knew about it and, you know, he was cool with it. He thought it was funny. So the only part that worried me was the whole, uh, um, ain't no more games. So I'm like, well, does that mean like no more games he's going to come to work or no more games he's about to retire? I, I, you know, I was confused. So then once the news got out that it was possible that he may get released, there's a meme that starts floating around because we know how this is, goes that watch Antonio Brown get released and he signed with the Patriots or watch the Raiders trade him to the Patriots for a six round 2027 draft pick and Bill Belichick just sitting back like another Super Bowl. So the trade didn't happen, but on Saturday morning, Antonio Brown did ask for a release from the Raiders. And it took a while, but I believe that he asked for the release early in the morning. And you know, they're on the West Coast. So it was probably like, I don't know, maybe six in the morning there. And it was about 9 p.m. this way or 9 a.m. this way. And I saw the tweet and I was like, oh my God, here we go. I think the, the tweet came out at nine and I believe he was released by 12. And he was signed with the Patriots by like four. 
like 4:30. And the crazy part is he had until he had to wait until 4:01 to sign with another team and he signed with the Patriots. So of course, everybody's like, "Oh man, that's probably conspiracy." The the Patriots probably knew he was going to get released or they had something to do with it. But come to find out when they tried to trade Jameis, or not Jameis, when they tried to trade Antonio Brown at the beginning of the offseason, the, when the Steelers did, the, the Patriots did come calling. And I think the Steelers just wanted too much. Plus, they weren't going to trade him to the, to the Patriots. So I say all of that to say, I just want to give you all a recap, but I say all of that to say that – the Patriots are probably going to win another Super Bowl. Tom Brady's probably going to throw like 48, 49 touchdowns this year. Um, Antonio Brown really just finessed the Raiders, and this is exactly why the Raiders are who they are. And I say that because the Raiders definitely traded two draft picks to get Antonio Brown. Granted, it won't nothing but like a third and a fifth round pick, but those are still two draft picks. And if anybody doesn't know, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round, and he's probably the best quarterback to ever play. So those picks matter. So the Raiders don't have a wide receiver. They don't have the guy that they wanted. They're out two draft picks. They let go or they traded away um, Khalil Mack and they traded away uh, Amari Cooper. So, yeah, that tells you where the Raiders are at. Um, For me, at first with the whole Antonio Brown thing, I thought – Maybe something was really wrong with him. Like, did he have really have mental health issues? Like, what is wrong, bro? Like, it's something every day. It's like you're not happy in your own skin. You're not happy anywhere you're at. But then when it all came together and he signed with the Patriots, then it all made sense. I guess he just realized, I'm not going to be able to win in Oakland. And regardless of any player's antics, I think any professional athlete of his stature, I think they want to win a championship. And the best place for him to win a championship, I think, is with a solid quarterback. Derek Carr ain't solid. Um, I think Antonio Brown could have went to the Saints, would have been solid. He could have went to the Patriots like he did, solid quarterback. He could have went to the Packers, solid quarterback. He could have went to the Eagles, oh my God. Um, something like that would, you know, solid quarterback play. And I think he would have instantly, you know, upped them as a contender and possibly making them, you know, putting them over the top for the Super Bowl. So once it all came together, I was just like, oh, man, he probably wanted to go to the Patriots all along, and he got what he wanted. Then another report came out that said that he had spoke with social media specialists on what was the best way for him to get this train going so he could get released. So obviously this was a whole plan, like, release me from the Raiders. I don't want to play with them. Um I want to be a free agent to be able to go where I want to go. And he went where he wanted to go. He went to the Patriots, and Tom Brady's probably about to get Super Bowl number seven. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and that kind of segues into my next topic. For all of you that, you know, been up under a rock or don't care, but you watch it because your significant other watches football. Um, the NFL started this week and Listen, most of my podcasts have been about me debating basketball or talking basketball because I love to talk basketball because it's always going to be a debate. There's like no definitive answers in basketball. But in football, most positions, I think the answer is definitive of who's the best. Um, Or you're going to get a a more consistent answer versus basketball. Like if you say who's the best quarterback in football – most people are going to say Tom Brady. You're only going. To, I think you'll hear two names. You'll hear Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And if if Patrick Mahomes has another season like he did last year, then you'll probably hear Patrick Mahomes because he's done it for two years now. Um, running backs, you generally hear it between Zeke, Saquon Barkley, maybe Le'Veon Bell. Wide receivers has been the same discussion for years. Antonio Brown, Julio, Odell, DeAndre Hopkins recently just got into the to the to the mix, but you don't really hear people deviating from certain names for certain positions. You just don't. Um because when people say crazy stuff like Cam Newton is is an elite quarterback, when you say stuff like that, I just laugh. Um I'm gonna get into Cam too, because apparently, you know, people think I'm crazy for something I said the other day on Facebook. But yeah. Um but yeah, when you say stuff like Cam Newton's an elite quarterback and you wonder why people looking at you sideways, you know, it's cause you're saying dumb stuff. Um but 
Antonio Brown, you know, signed with the Patriots. And, of course, their first game was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which he has no love lost for them. And they, I'm pretty sure they're happy that they got from up under that. But because he signed with the Patriots on a Saturday, technically the NFL office is closed, so he's not. he wasn't free to sign with the team until Monday. So he wouldn't have been eligible to play against the Steelers this past weekend. And from week one, I'll go down the list. First, of course, the Patriots and the Steelers. I know that the the Steelers lost Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, but they scored three whole points, and they never looked to be in the game against the Patriots. Tom Brady just picked them jokers apart. They couldn't get any. They couldn't get home on the blitzes. When they tried to sit back in zone, he picked them apart. When they got in man coverage, um, they ran rub routes so people were open. Um, even if a blitz looked like it was getting home, there was a hot read like. Tom Brady literally put on a clinic. And the fact that they won that game 33-3 is beyond me. I've seen blowouts, but that was just, oh, my God. That was like one of them whoopings where your mama made you stand up on the wall and put your hands in the air and you couldn't move. Like, that's that's what it looked like. No lube. They beat the dog snot out the Steelers. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend. Like, the Patriots looked great. And that is scary because Tom Brady's 42. Um, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 50 touchdowns again this year. I don't know if y'all watched the game when they played against the Jags, but he carved the Jags into pieces. And some of them touchdowns, I know one was wide open and one was like more of a, you know, he threw it to Sammy Watkins and Sammy Watkins did all the work, but – Patrick Mahomes looked like he'd been in the league by 10 years, and he's seen every defense there is to see. Um, he just looks uh, – it looks like it's going to be a Patriots and a Chiefs, you know, rematch in the AFC Championship game. Um, the the opening weekend game was this, uh, the Packers and the Bears, and all I got to say is uh, Mitchell Trubisky's a joke. He's a bust. He's overrated. He sat behind a, uh, another player who didn't get drafted for four years or three years, whatever it was, and couldn't even start over him in college. He had to wait till he left and still got drafted like number two overall. Uh, there's a reason why he got drafted number two overall, but we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. And just keep in mind, this was the draft where he got drafted over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, that tells you all you need to know. Um, but I will say for the Packers, if – the Packers' defense looks as good as they did on Thursday night, then the, the Packers have a great chance to be in the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers, with the defense, is lethal. He'll figure that offense stuff out. I know they won 10-3 to or whatever the score was, but, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely figure it out. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. Um, the Cleveland Browns, that was a lot of hype. A whole lot of hype. Um, they scored 13 whole points. Shout out to my Titans dropping 43 on them to let them boys know, like, y'all got all that talent, but, um, yeah, you got to put it together. And I'm going to get on Baker Mayfield because there's some stuff I want to say about second-year players that seems like a lot of people don't be realizing. Um, the Baltimore Ravens beat the dog snot out of the, the Miami Dolphins. Good God. Lamar Jackson said that's pretty good for a running back because people said he probably should transfer to running back. But um, five touchdowns and, oh, my God. they I mean, I know it's just the Ravens, but, Lord have mercy, they beat the snot out of the Dolphins. Jesus. Um, there wasn't nothing else that really shocked me this past weekend, honestly. Um, no, there wasn't. Well, I take it back. The Eagles being down 17-0 shocked me, but they they came back and and, and closed that deal. Um, no, nothing else really shocked me. Everything kind of went kind of status quo like I thought. Um, I ain't going to front. I didn't see my Titans dropping 43 points, but, you know, I expected them to win the game, of course, but not, you know, winning by 30. Not like that. Um, so I honestly think – the way I see it, it looks like it's going to be the Patriots and the Chiefs in the AFC title game, 
And I'm going to go with the Eagles and the Saints in the NFC title game just because I love Aaron Rodgers, but I don't see him doing it with I, – I, I don't – I got to see that defense against a different quarterback because, again, I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky whatsoever. So I could see them making the playoffs but maybe losing in a division round or something. But I think the Saints are really about to pick up where they left off last year. Um, they've got all their pieces back, and I think Drew Brees has got one run left in him. As good as he is, he's 40 years old. So that's what I see there. Um – yeah, nothing else really surprised me at all. Like, at all. Everything went like I thought it was going to go. Um, and let me get into this before we go to the next segment. Um, earlier I had said something about Cam Newton. And I said this on Facebook, and of course Panther fans are jumping down my neck. But ever since the Super Bowl and his MVP season, Cam Newton has looked to regress. And you could probably say, well, look at his numbers. Numbers don't always tell the whole story. They don't. Because, like, when I think of Cam Newton at his best, Cam Newton is up. He's lively. He's exuberant. He's having fun. Ever since that Super Bowl, he looks like somebody took his cookies. Like, he has some fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies that his grandma made him. And she made a whole batch just for him, like a whole 12 count. You know, homemade cookie dough, chocolate chips. She put her special ingredient in there that only grandma got. You know how that goes. And it's like somebody came in and took his cookies and he just ain't got over it yet five years later or four years later, however long it's been. Like, he he had a good, well, according to Panthers fans, he had a good game uh, Sunday. But... He just looks like a defeated man. And I'm sitting here watching NFL Network now, and I'm watching him warm up. And he just looks like he's losing interest in playing the game. And that's not a good thing. Once you lose interest in a sport, you probably should just quit. Now, I may be wrong or maybe overreacting, but Cam Newton hasn't gotten any better since that Super Bowl run. He hasn't. Um, you can give me whatever numbers you want, but when you watch the game, like watch it with your eyes, he just don't look to be any better. Now, I know he got hurt last year. I get that. Cool. Whatever. But he was still out there. So, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like I said in the podcast before, I think he's reached his ceiling with the Carolina Panthers. And that's probably why they haven't re-signed him to another big contract. Because I'm pretty sure if he was the quarterback of the future, they wouldn't have drafted Will Greer last year. And they would have gave him a contract extension by now. Because you don't let your quarterbacks get to free agency. You go ahead and read them jokers up and keep them locked in. So I may not be the only one thinking that, but Cam Newton just doesn't look like himself. And if I could meet Von Miller, I would tell him, man, I think you ended Cam's career way prematurely because I don't think that, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he got the love for the game like he used to. That's what it looks like to me. I could be wrong, but, you know, y'all kick rocks. Y'all kick rocks. Um, so, yeah, there that goes. Um, speaking of Cam Newton, if they lose to the Buccaneers tonight, Boy, boy, oh boy, he gonna get roasted on all the debate shows uh, this week and tomorrow if they don't beat the Bucks. If he gets outplayed by Jameis Winston, which is very, very hard to do to get outplayed by Jameis, but if he does, then you know I'm not trying to hear any other Panthers fans talk about anything. Y'all square but down. Cam Newton is like a Hall of Famer already, and yeah. I hear losing to Jameis Winston if you do. I'm, mm, 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 mm. Um, but with that being said, we're going to take a quick break, listen to the sponsors, and then I want to talk to you all about um, jumping the gun on some of these players. And then if there's anything else that I can think of on this break, then we'll talk about that too. Um, but, you know, quick word from the sponsors, and we'll be right back with more clutch time with Mike on the Mizike. 
Welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. Yeah, I can't sing y'all whatsoever. Um, but I'm back. We back. So remember, I told y'all we was gonna talk about whatever when we get back, just because you know, kind of just hopped on here to talk. I'm watching NFL Network. They're talking about Cam Newton still. I'm, yes, I'm back on the Cam Newton thing. They're talking about Cam Newton still. And I, I had just wanted to bring something up. Now, I don't know if y'all knew this, but literally, when I was on my way to Ohio to go see the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and for any person who is a legit football fan, like you live and breathe and die with the NFL, go see it. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but while we was up there, of course, I was listening to Undisputed. I was listening to First Take. And Stephen A., D'Angelo Williams, is another guy. He played for the Broncos, and I cannot remember his name. I feel bad because I actually like listening to him talk. Um, but they were talking about Cam Newton. And D'Angelo Williams said something that took my breath away. Now, Cam Newton got an MVP. Cam Newton been to the Super Bowl. Y'all realize out of, I believe this is Cam's eighth year or ninth year in the league, do y'all realize that Cam Newton got three winning seasons? Three. Three whole winning seasons, like with the winning record. Three. But Panthers fans will tell you that Cam Newton is an elite quarterback. Like he's he's in the conversation with a Tom Brady and a Aaron Rodgers and a Drew Brees and guys like that. That's 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 what they be saying. That's that's what they be telling me, y'all. Now I know I say some outrageous stuff. I do, but whatever. If you know me, you know that's what I do. I say controversial things like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers is better than Peyton Manning. Shout out to you, Fox. Uh, but Cam Newton got three winning seasons. Three. Three, y'all. <sighs> Unacceptable. Now, I know, you know, the woke the woke NFL fans will say, man, why you hating on a black man, this, that, and the third. Listen, listen to me, y'all. L- listen to me. I am all for black folks getting a chance, black folks, you know, being able to do what they're supposed to do. But you're not about to sit here and tell me that no dude with three winning seasons um, deserves to keep getting contract extensions and deserves to be mentioned with the greats in the game. Three winning seasons, bruh? Three. So I just know that if Aaron Rodgers had only three winning seasons or if Tom Brady only had three winning seasons or Drew Brees or Matt Ryan or whoever else, in the league, you want to say, I'm throwing out names, Ben Roethlisberger, stuff like that, then do you, you think that they would still be getting the love that Cam gets? They wouldn't. Not not none whatsoever. And that lets me also know that the Panthers organization probably don't feel like there's another quarterback that they can go and get, um, or they feel like they're not going to be able to draft the right quarterback or whatever the case may be. Because I know in Green Bay, if you have a bunch of losing seasons, they're going to get you up out of there. And in, in, uh, if you have a bunch of losing seasons in Pittsburgh, they're going to go another direction. New England, you know Bill Belichick going to send you packing. Um, Philly, New Orleans, Atlanta, places like that, like places that are known for winning well outside of outside of Atlanta. But places that are known for, you know, having good seasons for the most part, yeah, if you're not producing, they, they're going to they gonna send you packing. Um, let's just be honest here. Uh, if Cam Newton was playing for the Patriots or if Cam Newton was playing for the Steelers or the Eagles or the Cowboys or something like that, he, he'd be gone. Like, he'd be gone. And let's be honest, like, Tony Romo, like, choked in the biggest moments, but Tony Romo was still winning games in the regular season. It just seemed like when it was a big game and he had a chance to have a game-winning drive, you know, he was throwing a pick six or something crazy like that. So I can give flack to Tony Romo, but, you know, I'd take Tony Romo over over Cam Newton. Just saying. Um, yeah, I said it. I, I said it. Um, so 
y'all can stay on this Cam Newton train all you want to, but I honestly think that his time in Carolina is coming to a close. And whoever, whatever team he goes with next, you know, is he going to turn back into Cam from the MVP season, or is he going to is is he going to just continue to regress to the point where he becomes a backout and he's out of the league? Because that's that's what it seems like to me. But that's me. Um, and while I'm talking, y'all, I'm literally watching. I'm still watching NFL Network while I'm talking to y'all. But they have this video showing right now where they show a lot of the stars from today talking with some of their favorite players. Like Saquon Barkley was sitting with uh, Barry Sanders and Jalen Ramsey was just sitting with Deion Sanders. And I don't know why J.J. Watt sitting with Brett Favre, but that is awesome to see. He's probably getting a perspective from the quarterback. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was sitting with Steve Smith. And, uh, oh, God, this is awesome. Oh, NFL 100 Generations. Oh, because it is the 100th season of the NFL. That's pretty dope. Um, but anyways, yeah, Cam Newton, step your game up, man. Step your game up. And Carolina fans, stop giving that man an out. Um, but whatever. Uh, Panthers fans, you got something to say. You know where to find me, Dom, because I know you're going to listen to this. Um, but another thing. So in any sport, I feel like for most positions or for most players, like you got to do it more than one year for me to say you're anything. It's very few players that come out that I say after one year, like, oh, that they got it. They got it. It's, it's not that many. Um, in the NFL, honestly, the last few years that I've been watching, the only two, mon- two names that come to mind, well, it's more than two, but like, let's 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 talk about it. Cause I'm trying to think of the names. But so a lot of year, a lot of players this year is their second year in the league. A lot of guys who are held as stars, and you know you've been seeing them all off season. Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, guys like that. Um, they've been held as you know saviors of their teams, and this, that, and the third. Cool. Patrick Mahomes already showed that you know. He he can play, and he's just picking up right where he left off um, this season. If he has another awesome season, then I will more than happily put him in the conversation with um, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady as the true elites of the games. So, like, there's a lot of really great quarterbacks, but there's very few elite quarterbacks. Like, you put them on any team in the in the league, and and they're liable to make the playoffs and make a run. That's how good they are. Um, a lot of very great quarterbacks, very few elite quarterbacks. Um, and I kind of liken that because when people will start naming names and I'll be like, oh, they're just great. They're not elite. But let's just let me give you an example. We talk we talk basketball, right? Usually when you start talking about the elite players of the game, LeBron, Kevin Durant, um, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, some people will say Steph Curry, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, whoever you want to say, those guys. Um, Paul George, when you're talking about elite, elite players. But just think of how many other players in the league that we that people consider to be stars and consider to be top-notch at the position in this, that, and the third. Now, just watch the uh watch the 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 World Cup for basketball. Bro, we, we lost yesterday, and then we lost again today. And this is what guys who are all-stars, Kimball Walker played on that team. Jason Tatum is an up-and-coming star, as they say. Donovan Mitchell. Um, dudes like that. Like, they're all NBA players, and they all, you know, got some kind of name recognition. But, bro, we lost twice. Like, they look worse than the 2004 Olympic team. And that's that's pretty bad. Because if you know basketball, that 04 Olympic team was horrible. Like, bro, they couldn't put it together. It was crazy. Um, so when you're in the NFL, man, it's, it's a lot of – it's elite players, but then there's the guys, you know, they're just in that next tier, like tier two. Um, and with NFL players, I really have to see it for me to go off and say, oh, you're elite. It's it's not that many guys that I watch and be like, oh, my God, did y'all – are y'all watching this? Like – Look at DeAndre Hopkins. It took some years before he he got it to where people were saying, oh, he a top wide receiver in the league. Antonio Brown, it took a few years. Um, it didn't take years for Julio and guys like Odell and, and A.J. Green. 
Now, A.J. Green been hurt, but when he first got in the league, you know, it didn't take long for me to say, oh, he's an elite wide receiver. Same thing with Odell, same thing for Julio. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, as much as I don't really care for Zeke whatsoever, and that's mostly because of the team he plays for, but Zeke is one of the arguably the best running back in football. Saquon Barkley, um, to me, is the best running back in football, and this is only his second year. He's faster than Zeke. He got more wiggle to him than Zeke. He can catch the ball out the backfield. His blitz pickup and coverage in, or blocking in the backfield is crazy, and he can change the game in a matter of seconds. Um, Saquon is just, oh, my God, he's going to break the bank when he, he re-signs his contract. Um, Le'Veon Bell, you know, before the whole holdout and all of that, you know, elite running back. And them is the three, and Todd Gurley, elite running back. Them four, elite. After that, it's a big drop-off in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's a big drop-off in my opinion, but that's just me. I could be wrong. Um, I already said something about wide receivers. When you start talking about cornerbacks, cornerback is a deep a deep position, but I think Jalen Ramsey's still the best cornerback in football. Um, Patrick Peterson's been elite his whole career. He's still holding it down. Um, there's some other guys, but – you know, them are the guys when they get their money, like they play great, all of that, and then they got their money, and now they out here getting exposed. Um, a good example is Josh Norman. Josh Norman with the Panthers, granted, I think it was more of that front seven than him and his actual skills. You know, Josh Norman was being held as one of the best cornerbacks in football, and I kept saying that man can't play man coverage. Like, he's good in zone. He sucks in man. He got paid, and he went to the Redskins, and they put him in man coverage. He out here getting burnt left and right. Just ask ask him how Odell done did him a few times. Like, bruh, he's getting to- torched. So I say all that to say, y'all look at Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield talked a lot of junk, you know, while he was in in, in college, you know, about what they were going to do to teams this, that, and the third. And he got drafted into the league last year, and he's still talking junk about, you know, kid high school kids making – their choices of where they want to go to school. And for, an, for you know, just a quick backstory, y'all know that the Texas Longhorns is my favorite college team, football team. It was a kid named Keandre Coburn. I think he was like the number two ranked defensive tackle in the country when he came out of high school. And on signing day when he picked Texas to go there, Baker Mayfield tweets that, you know, he's going to regret not going to go play for Oklahoma and he's not going to be a success and all this, that, and the third. Now, this is a, a grown man. In the NFL, coming for a kid is, that's making his decision before the end of his senior year of high school. And then when Texas beat Oklahoma the next year, of course, Keandre Coburn took a picture and tweeted it to him. Um, and I forgot what he said, but Baker Mayfield something said something smart, and he deleted the tweet. Cool. Um, then this offseason, after Baker Mayfield went 7, well, not 7-8-1, but he came in and had Browns fans and a lot of us thinking that um, that the Browns was about to go to new heights. Honestly, they got Odell, they got Jarvis Landry, they got Nick Chubb, they got David Njoku, they got, uh, 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 what's my man's name, Denzel Ward as a corner. I believe they drafted Greedy Williams, too. They got Miles Garrett. Like they they got a lot of players on that defense and that offense, so they were the trendy pick. And I'm not gonna lie, I sipped a little bit of that juice. Like you know, I, I drank a little bit, like a little shot, maybe two shots, because you know I like to drink. Um, it probably was three shots, you know, straight back to back to back. Um, yeah, all of that. <laughs> but um, then when they asked him about Daniel Jones, the guy that got drafted by the Giants. He was like, yeah, everybody gets caught up in this, that, and the third. But then they realized that, oh, man, I got to draft players who can play and, who, and, and you know, we got to win. And, of course, I'm like, bro, well, you haven't really won nothing either to be talking junk about a kid who's never played. But, you know, who am I to judge? I'm just a regular fan. But look at what happened to Baker Mayfield this past Sunday. He got humbled. You could tell in the way his press conference went. He got humbled. The score was 15 to 13, if I'm not mistaken, going into the fourth quarter. Baker Mayfield in three straight possessions threw three interceptions in a row, and that broke the game open. Now, granted, it's only one game, but when you have that kind of expectation on you for you to come out like that, mm. It looks bad. And then he said, now everybody's going to think that the Browns are the Browns, and we like that. We want to come back and surprise people. 
No, that only works but so much. And just like me and my boys be talking about, week two player week two, year two players get it the worst because now you have a whole year of film on you. And things that that maybe you got away with your rookie season, you're not going to get away with. Now teams have to figure out, oh, well, when we play this defense, he's like 8 of 36 from the pocket. So maybe we need to run this defense. And we can confuse them with this defense by running this coverage. Maybe we'll roll a safety to the other side because once he locks onto a guy, he doesn't he doesn't see it. Or maybe he doesn't read coverage too, cover too well. Um, he still tries to fit the ball, you know, um, he still tries to fit the ball on maybe an out route, like the corner is not sitting right there in the flats, something like that. Or he doesn't recognize that there's only six players in the box and we're playing coverage and he's still trying to throw the ball, you know, to the guy that's doubled instead of trying to check into a rundown because there's only six guys in the box. So things of that nature. And Baker got humbled. And just like I told my boy Tim and I told, uh, Whatever other Steelers fans I was talking to, I forget. But like I was saying, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to realize what it's like to be a true number one receiver. Like he's playing with Antonio Brown all them years. And yeah, you was getting open and you was scoring and all of that. But now the focus is solely on you. Now they rolling coverage to your side. Now you might see uh, you might see a, a, a double team on on you at, you know, at all times. And what that tells me is the defensive coordinator doesn't believe in whoever y'all's number two wide receiver is if they roll in double coverage to your side. Now, they did it when you were playing as a number two because Antonio Brown was that lethal, and they did believe maybe you could beat them. You know, you probably weren't seeing double coverage, but you were seeing, you know, the team's second-best cornerback. You weren't seeing the best corner. So imagine, you know, they putting Deion Sanders on you and Ed Reed is the safety over the top. Who – who are you catching the ball on? Because if you just so happen to get by Deion Sanders, um, here come Ed Reed to knock your head clean, smooth off. So I'm just saying, pump your brakes when we start talking about second-year players becoming superstars because the league catches up with you fast. That's why guys don't make it. And let's let's be honest. I heard all offseason that Baker Mayfield is already a top-10 quarterback in football. Baker Mayfield, for his career so far, has uh, thrown, if I'm not mistaken, he's thrown 28 touchdowns and I believe 17 interceptions already. Mm, it's not, it's not real good. It's not real good at all. And just to kind of harp on that, you know, I was, you might say I'm being hypocritical about saying Saquon Barkley. I think he's the best running back in football, and it's his second year. Look at Leonard Fournette. His his first season, man, rushed for a thousand yards. Look like he's about to be a top running back. Do y'all notice Saquon? Not Saquon. Did Leonard Fournette hasn't run for a hundred yards since the twenty seventeen season? So that means all of last year he didn't run for a hundred yards, and this year he hasn't run for a hundred yards yet. Granted, it's only been one week, but still, that is how many ever games he played last year. If he played the full season plus one game this year, not run for a hundred yards. So that's why it is easy to not jump on the hype train for myself for second year players. Like you gotta, you gotta do it for more than one year. You gotta do it for two or three years before people put you in a conversation with anybody. You think that, uh, that Aaron Donald became arguably the best player in football after one season. Uh, 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 he didn't JJ Watt. Nope. Aaron Rodgers, Nope. And the way that we look at Tom Brady, y'all know it took, Tom Brady six years for people to look at him like they look at him today. Like it took until he had that undefeated season when he threw 50 touchdowns for people to be like, oh, Tom Brady's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in football. Do y'all see that? It took until Aaron Rodgers won that Super Bowl. Granted, he sat for three years, but it took until he won that Super Bowl before people started saying, oh my God, look at how elite he is. It took Peyton, I think Peyton got drafted in Oh, don't get me the line. I think Peyton got drafted in 90, I think in 98. Oh, I could be wrong. It, I think it was 1998. It took until about 2003 for people to be like, oh, man, Peyton Manning has arrived. So that's five whole seasons before people were ready to say that Peyton Manning is an elite quarterback. And coincidentally, that was the first year that he won his MVP when he was a co-MVP with Steve McNair. 
Shout out to Steve McNair and getting his jersey retired uh, this weekend by the Titans, man. Rest in peace, my dog. You're the reason why I watch football. Um, so Baker Mayfield, hold up on all that trash talk, man. Get out here and win some games first before you try to talk all this kind of junk about other players in the league and you still wet behind the ears, breath smelling like Similac, as Stephen A. would say. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's you know, we got to pump the brakes, people. I know it's fun to say this and say that, but, you know, it's very few players that after one year you're like, oh, they it. They it. It's not a lot. Not a lot. Um, what else? Shout out to Serena Williams. I know she lost the U.S. Open final, but I'm sorry. She is the GOAT of women's tennis. She's the GOAT of tennis, period. I honestly think in in her absolute prime, she could probably she she would beat like Roger Federer and them them dudes. I'm I'm sorry, Serena's that great to me. Like she's top five athletes I've ever seen in life, maybe top three. Like when Serena loses, I'd be in such disbelief and shock. That's how dominant she is. Even for her to be 37 and had a child and all of that, I still think that she is by far the best tennis player to ever live, and I don't think it's close. I don't. I don't. I know her sister Venus was good, but she definitely not on her sister's level. Serena's that dominant. Um, let's see. College football, Longhorns gave it their best shot, but I think our defense about a year away from gaining the experience that they need because it's nothing but a bunch of sophomores. But that LSU and Texas game was something to see, something to see. Um I am going to admit I was pretty shocked by LSU coming out there throwing the ball, looking like the New Orleans Saints. I know that the new uh, passing game coordinator, uh, Joe Brady, I think is his name, he played or he was a coach with the New Orleans Saints. So that means that his last name is Brady, probably no relation to Tom, but he got that going for him. And he was playing and coaching Drew Brees. So God knows all what he picked up and teaching to the kid at LSU, Joe Burrow. So they look like um, they're going to be out here destroying folks. But – I reserve my judgment on them being the best team in the country until I see them play Alabama because LSU has lost to Alabama eight years straight. Crazy, right? Um, what else has happened? Y'all, it really ain't been – it ain't been too much that's going on outside of Antonio Brown and the league starting. Um, oh, shout out to the state of California. I appreciate y'all unanimously passing that bill that allows California athletes that are in the NCAA to get paid for their likenesses and their images and whatever else that they can get paid for. Now, the NCAA is going to look real stupid if they ban all California schools from participating in the NCAA because you guys feel like kids, you know, athletes shouldn't be paid, but y'all making billions and billions of dollars. And y'all know how I feel about that. Pay them kids. Man, pay them kids. I know we usually say F them kids, but pay them kids. Um, what else, man? It's, it's, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for stuff, but I'm I'm really running out of stuff to talk about. Um, ain't nothing really been happening in basketball except for uh, my man's – oh, Jesus, what is his name? Patrick Beverly? Y'all, y'all. My man's was playing basketball on some Thames. And he playing Black Air Force Ones. If you don't know what that means with the Black Air Force Ones, man, go look it up. That's all I got to say. Patrick Beverly is, is definitely from the hood. From the hood. Um, I heard, I ain't watched Snowfall yet, y'all. I know we getting off topic. But every Wednesday or Thursday, whatever, yeah, Wednesday, um, People are starting to say that Snowfall is like on the level of the wire. And I'm just like, y'all, y'all, seriously, y'all playing with me because the wire was fantastic. Like, if you've never seen the wire, oh, you probably missed out on life. Like, the wire was great. The wire was fantastic. I feel like the wire was before its time. Like, the wire might have 30 seasons. No, not 30 seasons. I'm being dramatic. But the wire would kill in today's TV. Like, man, oh, uh, so I, I guess I need to watch Snowfall because I really did love The Wire. That was a, that was a good show. Um, 
Yeah, y'all, that's that's all I really got for y'all. Um, again, I apologize about the long wait in between podcasts. There's just a lot going on. A lot of good stuff, some bad stuff, but um, you know, we here. Um, we back. So I'll get back into dropping an episode every week um to talk about whatever's going on in sports that week. Um but as always, I appreciate all y'all support. You know, especially for the folks to be looking at me crazy when they ain't got a pot a new podcast. I really appreciate y'all. Um and even though it's been like three weeks, nothing has changed. Batman is still the greatest superhero to ever live. Y'all can say what you want, but Bruce Wayne is the GOAT. Bruce Wayne is like the Serena Williams of, of superheroes. Like, Bruce Wayne is awesome. Bruce Wayne could beat any villain. If he know you coming, oh, it's a wrap for you. If you show up unannounced, get that man about three and a half minutes, maybe even four. You'd be ready to leave. All right, y'all. It's been Clutch Time with Mike on the Mizike. <laughs>